have transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. Oh, what? You know, portal from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignment. They both big pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now, there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, good morning. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, the first hour of the Joe Beaver Show. I am John Warren. Uh, Mike Parker will join us today, but not until late in the second hour because of travel restrictions. I think he said they were getting on the bus now to go to the airport, and yeah, you don't really want to do an interview on the bus. Too many people who are quiet, and you, everybody would hear you, but uh, many people have done them before. Especially when you're talking about them. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's you right. want to you you maybe maybe give a little bit of space. Even though you you would say nice things, or, yeah, I mean, or generic stuff. He he wouldn't say anything. He would say, "Well, so and so was terrible." Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not gonna happen. Looks back at him, makes eye contact. Yeah, I mean, well, he's lining up for his three pointer. I mean, he had a hand right in his face and a guy wide open in the corner, and still <laughs> selfishly decided to jack up a yeah. long three. That's what the fans want us to do. But the, the, the only time you're going to get that is from a neutral, uh, like a, a newspaper writer or somebody, or somebody hosting a show in, 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 out of market, like, let's say, Portland. They can do that. But not while they're sitting on the bus with them. No, 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 no. Anyway, so Mike will join us at around 1230. Uh, at 12.05, we have a special guest to talk about a new recruit that I haven't seen anything official from Oregon State. Mm -hmm. Is that because... Nothing is official from Oregon State, or you have to wait until he, signing he has, or what? He hasn't started classes yet. Okay. So I, I, I went and did did some more reading on DJ Uyunglele last right last night, and the twenty four seven Sports Report said he told them uh, he told Greg Biggins, I believe, who we've had on the show before yeah. uh, a couple times this year, that it it, it it will be official as of the ninth when classes start next week. Great. So when That's, he is uh, Monday, so maybe he has signed pen on paper, but I guess technically he is not enrolled in Tuesday. school yet. Yeah. So the coaches can't comment on him until Monday, which anyway. I would assume on Monday there will be a nice long Jonathan Smith quote on why DJ is a great fit for this program. Right, and uh, you procured yes the interview that we're going to have Davis Potter of Clemson Insider. Uh, dot com. is it ClemsonInsider.com? Let me uh, let me double check what we got here. David Clemson. Potter. Insider, Clemson Insider, to talk about DJ Uwe Ungle. Yes, the ClemsonInsider.com, and Davis will uh, join us at twelve oh five. The ClemsonInsider.com, DJ Uwe Ungle. Yes. Okay, so we'll we'll talk with him about uh, DJ's um, deal. Yeah. I, I don't really know much other than he he tailed off at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. 
had some pretty good season numbers, but tailed off the end of the year, already graduated is what you told me after the three years. Were they just expecting Trevor Lawrence every every time someone comes in? I just don't think it helped him the fact that he essentially he followed Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Right. I mean, two slam dunk NFL guys, right. and he comes in there, and I mean, he was rated higher than Deshaun, I think, and he was barely rated below Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is one of the top recruits of all time in yeah. high school football. Yeah, so it's not really a surprise that he was so good, but it didn't help DJ. That he followed those two, like I'm. Wa- I went back last night and I watched the uh, the game he played at Notre Dame, his first career start in the 2020 COVID season. Mm-hmm. Again on the road, number one Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is out that game because he had COVID, so they had the the policy was back then he had to sit out. Yeah. So it, DJ ends up starting that game, and Mike Tarico is on the call that game. It says, you know, probably unfairly. Yeah, they had him on campus, and they said, well, this guy's essentially like a mix of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> like, the that sets the bar a little bit too high. And I would say, as well as he played in that game, he played an awesome game uh, against Notre Dame. He was 29 of 44, 439, three total touchdowns, scored 40 points on an eventual playoff Notre Dame team. As a true freshman, as an as an eighteen year old true freshman, that's what he did. His first career start, and some say his has regressed. Right, and uh, he, he kept, set, maybe maybe because of coaching. Right, it could be. I I hit the bar. I think for DJ was set a little high. I think it, it probably was, but I mean, he was a top ten recruit nationally. He was the number two quarterback in his class. Yeah, you think about this, John. I told you this right before we came on air. The quarterbacks, the top three quarterbacks in that 2020 class Mm -hmm. go as follows. Bryce Young was number one. Yep. DJ was number two. And C.J. Stroud was number three. Now, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud might go number one and number two in the draft in April. And that's the expectation that was held of D.J. Maybe not unfairly because he was rated that high. Now, Beaver fan can say just residue from that top three list. Just residue should be better than and, and 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 a big improvement. No disrespect to Bengal Branson, but you know, it was it was a C level rated type of performance for the most part this year. C plus mm-hmm. maybe. Ben didn't hurt you, um, helped you on some occasions. I thought played very well in in the Vegas Bowl, but. You know, it's no no surprise, and 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 it's not. We're not saying anything to hurt anybody by saying that Oregon State was a quarterback away from mm-hmm. even bigger things this year, because especially in that Washington game, because mm-hmm. that was death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, defense was out on the field so much, offense could not generate the off, the offense that it needed mm-hmm. to make that. I mean, the Beavers should have won that game going away. Mm-hmm. They controlled the line of scrimmage, and I thought defensively were that much better than a Washington team that was great. Ten wins. Mm-hmm. So this will be a huge improvement, even if he's, quote-unquote, struggling. Right. And uh, come in and, and look pretty good and hopefully get some coaching that mm-hmm. would, I don't know, get him back to wherever he was. And it'd be interesting to see because, I mean, even when they put Kate Klubnik in, the, the backup mm-hmm. for, for DJ, I mean, they were better. But, I mean, he still didn't look incredible. And there's just some questions about whether the Clemson offensive system really is – friendly to quarterbacks and and dj said when he transferred well i don't think dj said this so dj said that he was excited to work in a pro style offense because it will prepare him for the future and he's not worried about stats okay but there there's some other talks too about well 
maybe the Clemson offensive system that runs more of a, a, a spread up-tempo offense wasn't really a great fit for DJ, which is entirely possible. That's what a lot of colleges run now, but you know, not everyone's really cut out to that. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see. And also, I don't think the, uh, the talent level, I guess, for DJ around him Clemson does still have some phenomenal talent around him mm-hmm. but the talent he came in with versus the talent that remains I guess on the on the Clemson roster it's sagged a little bit from their really top tier you know days with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson when they had you know a top three roster in all of college football it's kind of slipped a little bit so it'll be interesting to see especially you know at the skill positions as well I think Davis Potter will highlight a little bit if yeah, that well, really is the issue but to me I mean I remember I'll go watch that that first start he had against Notre Dame. I mean, he has Travis Etienne in his backfield with him, starting running back now for the Jaguars, who mm-hmm. was a two-time ACC Player of the Year. Uh, I believe the career leader at Clemson in total touchdowns and total yards as well. I mean, it, it's a bit of a drop off when you don't have guys like that to rely upon. I am a little surprised that Travis or that uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is, has done so well in the NFL. You're surprised? A little bit, a little bit, just a little from what from what he was. I mean, you know, I was just is guessing it, by it, sight. Is it because of, of Trevor college. or where he was going? Uh, where he was going. I that okay. So if there was going to be a concern there, right? To be, it's to like to be a young guy and be thrust into the expectations of a starter on right. a flailing NFL team. And it right, one of the to, worst it, NFL it, franchises. Yeah, there is. and it never really seems to work out, but mm-hmm. it really has because mm-hmm. even when you know this year they're so much better, but even in, in the last couple of years and under Urban Meyer, he yeah they were he awful. Actually, was still pretty good even though they were awful. It's even more impressive when you can like like you said when you consider the fact that Trevor went to the NFL. And he, you could argue, had the worst NFL coach of all time. You, yes. you could argue. Yeah. Because, I mean, people were saying that. Like, right. that, that that could be the worst hire ever. And that's the situation Trevor has to go into, like, camp with mm-hmm. and play the first 10 weeks of the season with, oh, this guy. And he, he did really well. <laughs> this guy. And he, now he's come back, and he's actually really good. It was a great get for them. It really was. And I was wrong on that assessment when he was coming out of college. Now, here's a number I really like. I mm-hmm. like the combination of these numbers. Um, but second leading rusher on Clemson this year with 545 yards right. for he's, DJ. He's a supreme athlete, six five two forty five, and mean, he can run. Six, if you have that's like Caleb Williams' size. If you have that that kind of uh, escapability mm-hmm. to add to the quarterback position for the Beavers, just imagine what this last year's team would do with that. And we we were asking throughout the year with Ben was like, okay, when's Ben's going to use his legs a little bit more? We saw it in the um, we saw it in the ASU game, him using his legs. But with DJ, I mean, you can legitimately run like quarterback power with him if you yeah, want. Yeah. You, you don't run him as much as maybe Cam Newton because you want to keep him healthy and right. such. But if you need him to, I mean, you you know you line him up in the shotgun and you have him run forward. It's not really like a pro concept though, and you know the the Beavers don't run that much directly from the quarterback they'll 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 ask him to scramble a little bit and improvise right but in terms of designed quarterback runs it's not really as much not a huge part of the offense but of course offensive game plans are always adaptable and when you have a guy like dj with his legs and his size i mean if he shows he's going to again be a really he can add on to being a passer as well as you know run for six seven hundred yards and punch the ball into the end zone seven eight times i mean mm-hmm. that's valuable is it wasn't he the number one co- pro style quarterback he was uh, i class. believe bryce young was a dual dual uh dual threat yeah well we'll look forward to it uh davis potter is that right davis potter davis yep. potter <clears throat> the clemson insider.com
I'm looking forward to this conversation. It'll be, it'll be interesting to learn. I wonder, I wonder how much he's gotten to talk with his parents, yeah. his dad, especially. <laughs> and I remember, again, when I'm rewatching that game last night, I mean, the, they, the NBC shows, uh, you know, the they zoom over to his dad, who's like, you know, standing all nervous on the on the concourse of the of the of Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's yeah, sport of dad. They they they've done a lot together. So I wonder how much interesting DJ's decision came down because Mateo went to Oregon. That'll be another good question to ask. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was always in his mind. Now, Dad can go to both. Yeah, Dad. I'm sure Dad's probably going to spend next year living here. I yeah, imagine. I, I would if I, wouldn't. if I were them. Why not? All right, so that's at 12.05. Mike Parker at about 12.30. This hour's wide open. I did put in a request, but it was at the last second, so I, I'm not surprised that I, we haven't, I haven't heard back from Ann Schatz to uh, participate in the show today to talk about Oregon State women's basketball tonight. But that is a uh, 5 o'clock. I, gotta, I keep thinking 5 o'clock game, 4.30 airtime with Ron Callen here on Joe and uh, at Arizona. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that game. Um, let's see, what else did I want to say about that? Well, I just want to propose to the text line, if anyone yeah. has any questions about DJ that we haven't covered and you want us to ask Davis Potter, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of all the sort of angles we can go at this from with DJ and, yeah. you know, picking his brain, but I'm sure you guys might have some questions too. So 541-497-5356 on the University Honda text line. I'd be curious to know something maybe I missed. We're, we're coming at it from two different angles. We're coming at it from looking, okay, look up his stats, read his storylines, and, and what you, you, you watched him. I haven't seen him. I, I haven't watched Clemson since Trevor Lawrence was gone. Um, DJ, uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, you got it? No, I don't. I'm drawing a complete Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Um But we're coming at it from reading about him, mm-hmm. knowing, learning, and all that, but not really a weekly watch him on TV type of thing. So, yeah, we know stats and we know a few things, but it's also, tell us about this kid mm-hmm. is one main question. You know, rather, you know, not trying to be like lazy and say, uh, uh, DJ uh, Uyunglele. No, it's more like we, we've got background on him, but there's a lot we don't know about him, which I think we'll, we'll get from Davis Potter. And another thing about DJ, you remember last year, he threw nine touchdowns to ten interceptions as a full-year full starter. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a guy, he comes into the year as the starter. So, again, his counterpart that year, Bryce Young, wins the Heisman, uh, and C.J. Stroud, you know, ends the season with – over 500 yards passing in the Rose Bowl and six touchdowns against Utah in a 48-45 win. And then DJ's at Clemson throwing nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions. It's like, wow. It, it, to, to go into this season, like, well, how is, how is he changing? How is he right. adapting? How is he, uh, wh- what is he changing? And, you know, his stats this year were better, 22, 22 touchdowns to seven. to seven. Yeah, much better. And he had some really good games like he did against Wake Forest earlier this year. But then again, he also got benched three times and think about how that messes with a kid's head all right so we get the opinion of the of the writer how do you think he'll do out here yeah now how much this guy knows about oregon state i don't know but um 
Does he need a new environment? Why did he get benched three times? What went on? Is there anything behind the scenes that went on that uh, perhaps mess with his head or anything like that? So there's a lot. There's a lot to it. But I agree. If anybody wants to know anything, uh, the uh, the text line is open five four one four nine seven five three five six. The University of Honda text line, of course, same for the phone number. And uh, we'll take your phone calls all the way up until till 12 o'clock here I, in this first hour. Another thing for DJ, he looks down the road here in Corvallis, and he looks down to Eugene, and he sees the reclamation project that happened with Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, what were we all saying about like Bo Nix when he, he went to Oregon last year? I was I mean, saying I, he's got to prove it to me. He's kind of lost a little bit off of his fastball, and... Uh, you know, he had some good numbers at Auburn, but but I just was not, and I was that that was more wishful thinking, right? And it turned out he's he's exceptional. I didn't like when he goes there. I'm like, I just don't think Bonix is that good because you watched him at Auburn for three years, and right. he just was yeah, yeah, not very good. But as you realized, it probably was coaching. Yeah, it, it was probably a lot of coaching and a support system around him, and he goes to a really good fit. Well, and he hurt he hurt a lot of teams on the ground with right. was the scoring touchdowns on the ground which you know, there maybe there's some similarities there with DJ. So mm-hmm. and and now DJ comes up here. It's like, well, people are saying the same things about me as they were saying in, about Bo when he transferred to Oregon. It's like, yeah. oh, who's it? I mean, he's like, you know, a washed up five star like, well, you know, you don't got anything left. And now, you know, Bo Nix would have gone probably in the top, what, three rounds in the NFL draft, you would have guessed. You know what's funny is that, you know, how I, I, I don't know about you, but I lament this whole portal thing and all that. But it, one thing that is positive to it, or it's unique, I should say, is the the frequency with which transfers now will go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the world is smaller even since... 10 years ago because of uh, video and FaceTime. You could FaceTime your parents, all, all of that. So right. if you go far away from home, it's it's not like it was back in the day when you didn't have all the the uh, the connections that mm-hmm. make the world, and they can watch the you world on TV. smaller. Exactly. Um, and so there's been a lot more transfers from the SEC mm-hmm. to the Pac-12, the ACC, and, and to Oregon and Oregon State than ever before. And uh, vice versa, some have left and gone gone far away to some obscure schools. But obscure meaning, wow, uh, you lose a Beaver player. There was mm-hmm. one kid, I don't remember his name, he was really good, and he was part of the Gary Anderson world from linebacker and went to Ole Miss. And I thought, well, you know, that's never really happened back in the day for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had the quarterback who went to Florida and so on and so forth. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact these kids are also from the West Coast. A lot of, like, I think, uh, uh, you know, a big reason that DJ did come here, it's that he could come home and maybe, I don't know, maybe DJ's number one choice initially was UCLA. So he could say, okay, I'm back in the L.A. area. And back, you know, much closer to home than I am. But, mm-hmm. you know, now it seems like, okay, this is probably the next best option to do that. But also, like, again, I keep, I talk about that 2020 quarterback class. All three of those guys are from California. N- none of them went to a what year West was, Coast school. was Keaton Slovis? Uh, he was 2019. Because he, he seems to have fallen from grace. Yeah. He, I mean, uh, he was really good to, that first year at SC. First, yeah. First, um, first, oh, you mean JT? Oh, oh, Daniels? No, I'm talking about Keaton Slovis. Slovis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you say Rice, though? Yeah, isn't he Did, at Rice? No, it's JT Daniels that's at Rice. Oh, well, who? You're mixing up your USC I quarterbacks. I am. I'm mixing up my USC quarterbacks. Um, the, 
and yeah, because Daniel goes and does the thing with the beavers and then goes to West Virginia. Right, right, right. And Rice. Well, where'd Slovis end up? Uh, that's a good question. Where'd Slovis end up? Because he was, he was in the whole bounce around thing just a couple but, of weeks ago. Let me see ago. if I can find that. I'm honestly not sure. Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis. TJ's really good at looking things up on the phone. Uh, oh, he's at BYU. Okay. Oh, okay. And Q, uh, Slovis is from uh, Arizona. So it's it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how how much we can't do what I grew up doing. And it's it's uh, it's a challenge in this business of talk radio to keep up with it all because it, the movement is just so much. It's amazing how guys can play three, four schools in a career now. A lot of names we got to keep track of. Uh, Dave Texan, funny enough, Dave, you're going to honestly answer your own question with this. You guys keep referencing DJ's dad, but not naming him. I think I know who his dad is, but can you clarify? His name is Dave. Really? Yeah. Dave Ui Ungalalela. Uyunglele. Ungalele. Yes. Well, that's one of the reasons why uh, I, I've followed him. I never knew his dad's name. There you go. It's easy because it's probably the most known name on our show fact, besides he, the by, besides John and Mike. Well, his dad. <laughs> that's right. right. Um, that's funny because I've not, I followed him on, on uh, KEJO's Twitter site mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anything come across the deal, but you know, I, I'm not always looking and uh, I, I miss a lot. Different Dave texts in. Uh, it's, he said, it seemed like Oregon and Hawaii was his other final choices and that he perhaps could have gone to Eugene if Bo Nix had decided to move on, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It would have made sense. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was good news for us that Bo Nix decided to come back. Right. Even if it, you know, it makes the schedule harder, but you get the guy you wanted anyway. So yeah. it's, it's a good, but you're right. That, that would have been easy. I, I still can't believe I remember when <laughs> he got crystal balled to Hawaii. Yeah. And I, we see that. I'm like, no, really? I, I, I couldn't imagine that. I, I couldn't imagine. But I can't, like the only reason I could think of that is like, okay, I'm just going off the grid. Essentially. I'm going away from all the people yabbering about how I was a five star and, and all these things. Well, it's, and, yeah. And yeah. I, you know, and I think he's Polynesian, so they're big Polynesian culture there. That would be the draw. That would be right. That would make sense if he was going to go home or go to that area where there's, you know, there's a, a good population. Rob texting, curious about if DJ's teammates were upset about him being benched and moving on to Cade Klubnik. That's a good, good question, question for. for uh, That's a good. Is it for, Dave? for Davis, Davis Potter? Davis, yeah. No relation to Harry. <laughs> a, good, a good question for Davis. Okay. All right. We'll have to remember that. Um, what else is going on in sports? Of course, Beaver women's basketball. The game last night, I can only comment up to the first half and what I know about the second half. And the first half was, you know, teams. First of all, Utah's good. Utah's yeah, a good, good team. To, atop the conference standings. And uh, boy, I was surprised. Did you see any of it? No, I listened. It, there was nobody watch. there. The place was empty. Yeah. But um, anyway, I just thought, okay, here, here you are, a, a freshman-laden team. Nine different guys scored in last night's game for Oregon State. Nobody over, what, a 13? What is it? Was it 11? Anyway, the scoring was spread out amongst brand-new kids and, and several freshmen. 
And I just think that that's the way the Beavers are going to be for the next couple of years. Green, but not horrible. They were getting beat and uh, 15, to, they were down by nine, came back and, you know, made it an eight point game at halftime. And I thought, well, okay, they're just, they're hanging tough with a pretty good team on the road. Then in the second half, which I didn't see, but I, I heard some uh, some calls from Mike and actually chatted with Mike about it. And they made a pretty good run with three straight three-pointers to open the second half, pulled it within one. Then they were down by two, 47-45. And close within the, I guess, inside the 12-minute mark of the, uh, you know, the 12-minute the media. Right. And then the bottom kind of fell out, which is kind of the way that things have gone for Oregon State in conference play. On the road, or even, well, yeah, on the road, because they haven't won a road game in, what, 20-some-odd 20 games? Yeah. A spanning of three years. It's just there's not enough there in the end, but they can hang with some of the better teams for a while. Longer there's than just, the first half. There's just not enough offensive proficiency right. to hang w- with the fact that, you know, they said they are going to hang their hat on defense, and yet they rank outside of the top 200. Yeah. National in defense. It's and, just like it's hard. And Jordan Pope is the guy that really leads you in scoring, but from the guard position, plus he's not it's not like you can say, Okay, well, let's go to this guy and have him bring us back right. and and come from eighteen down to win a ball game. Yeah. It, that yeah. there to, isn't a score on, on this beaver team. Like, hey, let's let just just keep feeding him. Just right. keep feeding him. Right. Yeah. However, I will make a huge case for Rodriguez. I think he should be starting. He is fantastic. And he was last year before he got hurt and missed most of the season last year. But you go down low to Rodriguez, he is a good low post player and can really help the Beavers. And I'm, you know, he will as he, as this as the season continues. Yeah, and it might help to to slow it down a little bit if you're trying to a- allow less points, right? And you just limit sort of limit possessions. And when you're going down low, I mean, you're usually going a little bit slower than than you would normally. But again, just another tough loss. It's a hard place to win too. I mean. Arizona, who's ranked in the top 10 uh, of, you know, most outlet the AP poll and, and most outlets, or that's their only loss of the year. They got blown out by Utah. So, I mean, Utah's a good, a good team. I mean, Ken Palm ranks them in the top 40. So, they're, you know, one of the three good teams in the Pac-12 ranked right now. Where are the Beavers it's ranking really Ken just Palm? a mediocre, it's just really just an overall mediocre. Uh, Oregon State's 226. Ugh. That's not, no, that's not good. But they are not Cal. Cal is, Cal and I believe, got to be lower than Oregon State. Cal is like 290, I think. Let's go. Let's find him. Oh, sorry. Cal's 231. Gap's closing. Yeah. Yikes. So it's... Uh, Cal and Stanford play tonight. Yeah, Washington's 108. Stanford's 80. Washington State's 69. Oregon 66. USC 64. Arizona State 59. Colorado 52. Utah 38, Arizona 7, UCLA 4. So two elite teams and then a mix, uh, so a mess. Washington loses by three at fifth-ranked Arizona last night, but Oregon State beats Washington. Right. That's kind of the way the league has always been. Mm-hmm. And Washington's a hunt, more than 100 points higher on the Ken Palm than Oregon State, but right. the Beavers beat them. Right. So there's, and the Beavers came close there's I don't know but a lot of that a, strange a lot of that hurt is you know it's that's why the non-conference is so important because if your league is pretty even then yeah. you guys are essentially going to like net even throughout the course of a season in the conference schedule yeah. and why the games that you play against people not in your conference is important and Oregon State having two losses to Portland State 
It's not looking good right now for the Pac-12 as a whole as far as overall strength. Portland State uh, ranked 224 in Kempom, so you can imagine two losses to a a 244 Mm. team is going to crush you no matter how good your wins are. Well, growth. Right. Bring in a couple new guys next year to add to the growth. Uh, There isn't... Unlike last year, I like all these guys. Right. I like the way they play together. I like their, you know, their personalities, all of that. They're just green. They're right. Just, it's, they're just green, and there isn't a superstar among them. You would think, though, which, like, Wright are they still a little slow coming would, back? Would they go dip back into the portal again if they want? Oh, if they I, find a score they like, I would think you would want to. I mean. The portal thing from last year just wasn't. I don't know if that was a, a lesson in, in a misevaluation and misevaluation. Right. So maybe you you don't shy away from it. You go to it. You just evaluate better. You're right. You you eliminate what was what was faulty right. there. So which they did. They did this year with this year's class. Right. And um, the fact that they're so green is not showing up on wins and losses, but. Uh, you know, it's a it's a much better group. Right. There's no doubt about that. Right. Well, they've already won group. more games. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Phone calls, texts, all of that. We've got uh, this plus other things to talk about here on the program. And again, two guests coming. Well, Mike's not a guest. Mike can talk to us about everything. And then, of course, basketball and, and all of that. He's been paying attention to the sports world, as we all have. When we come back, if we don't get any texts or phone calls, uh, which is fine, we'll, we'll go and in, get into a couple of other things in the sports world that TJ and I thought about talking about. And... Uh, one of which is this proposal by a group from the NCAA to increase participation in uh, championship games. If I'm, if I'm saying this right, TJ, by 25% in all NCAA tournaments right. uh, for sports. And by the way, I just we just got a uh, text from the Orange One, and Dave gives us a link to a tweet from Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com. Here's Kendall Rogers' tweet. Some postseason, this is baseball, we're talking baseball now, some postseason news that fans will really like, says Kendall Rogers. The NCAA announced that moving forward, the home team in every level of the postseason will be the higher-seeded team. So how does that, what's the... Does that mean if you're at a regional and you're... You're a higher seed, but you're on the road? But you would never... You'll get the home team. You would never be on the road as a higher-seeded team, Right. Because a regional is always hosted by one of the top sixteen, right. so you're home. Right. And the super regionals are, ho- well. In and and what if uh, the two seeds the two seeds advance to a super against each other, and Kendall Rogers answers back. In the case of the same seeds, I believe they'd go back to a coin flip. Right. It's a coin flip. I thought they like. I thought the committee ranked every team like one through sixty four. And even, like, if there's two different two-seeds, okay, this two-seed was ranked 38th, this two-seed was, or not 38th, it would have been probably, like, 25th, this one was 28th, the 25th one hosts. Yeah. Will be the hot, the home team. So, does that mean, in a super regional, the, does he mean home park? So, like, for a super regional, they don't do the flip-flop. The top seeded team is always the home team for all three games. I think so. I think that's. I'm gonna guess that's what that means because the stadium thing they already do. Right. So I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, 
I don't, I don't think there's a big opposition to the fact that the away team gets one. So here's a re- here's a reply that uh-huh. might, might help us try to figure this out. Here would be a good new rule. Oh, never mind. It's a rule, but I don't know. Throw this around. Someone tweets, here would be a good new rule. Teams that come in fourth in their conference don't host a super regional over a team that won the conference. That's just a, a wish so that, list there. That's essentially like there's no reason the fourth place team in the SEC should be hosting a regional over a, a team that won the the MAC. Right. Which, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, this person says that comes fourth in their conference, but still fourth. Well, I mean, would you take the fourth ranked team in the SEC or would you take the uh, the winner of the American? Well, uh, American's probably unfair because American actually has really good baseball. So let's say winner of the Mountain West. Right. I mean, I don't think I uh, uh, like even if, if Fresno State wins the Mountain West in baseball, Fresno State has the potential to be really good. But probably the fourth ranked team in the SEC or the Pac-12 would be better than Fresno State is. See, now I read this and in, in, to make to simplify it is to mean is the home team in that game. And CVB can backs that up by saying bats last. Right. So yeah. it's just the home team in the game. Okay, well then, okay. That makes not, sense. So right. they just they tweak something. So no matter, so the home team, the the host of a regional or the host of the super regional will never be the road team, yeah. never be the road team in a game. Which that that's fine, that that works. There's no re- no no opposition to that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Take your phone calls, your text five four one four nine seven five three five six. The University Honda text line and the Downward Dog phone line. Again, uh, Davis Potter from. TheClemsonInsider.com coming up at 12.05 and then Mike Parker after that to wrap up the week with a good slew of sports coming up this weekend, which we will talk about next on 1240 Joe Radio. The new year means new deals. Get your Coastal January coupon book in stores now and save big. Coastal Farm and Ranch with just what the country needs. It's time to save with Coastal Coupons. Introducing the January Coastal Coupon Book, packed with some amazing offers, including your chance to save up to $45 on muck boots. Get organized with 27-gallon tough box storage bins, now $10 off. And get a $100 Coastal gift card with the purchase of a Honda 2200-watt generator. Limit one coupon per customer not to be combined with other offers. Get your January Coastal Coupon Book now in stores or see it on the footpath. Offers good in-store or online at CoastalCountry.com. Some items may not be available online. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Corvallis. 
Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest 9th in Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, this is the year to get it done. For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They've got a huge variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. So Happy New Year from Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren in downtown or CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. Continuing here on the Joe Beaver Show on a Friday before a slew of uh, uh, activities. Let's see, we've got uh, women's basketball tonight against number 15, Arizona. I've efforted and shots, but haven't heard back from her. I think that's probably not going to happen today. But uh, I'll tell you what, Sydney Weiss was fantastic yesterday. And she'll be making her debut tonight as an analyst on television on the Pac-12 Networks. For the 5 o'clock game, 4.30 airtime with Ron Callen here on Joe. Then tomorrow we have Raiders football. Tomorrow's the final game of the NFL regular season. And I'm not sure which game I want to watch on Sunday. We've just got the two games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the, the night game tomorrow is going to be fantastic. I mean, I don't remember the last time I was excited for a Titans-Jaguars game, but winner of that wins the division. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't followed it enough to know who, who mm-hmm. wins what. And I know that the, the uh, NFL decided to, to not finish huh. Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. So um, you created or you, you found a flow chart on what would happen <sighs> based on different scenarios. And, you know, I, I thought about it. And if people are upset, I mean, how can you get upset for an unprecedented thing that mm-hmm. dealt with life or death? You right. can't. So what is what does the NFL do? I mean, the. I guess you could uh, Stephen A. Smith. I'm sure he went on a rant, but I because I read it, I didn't hear it. Uh-huh. Had this scenario of just play it during the the down week, the bye week, mm-hmm. or no, take the bye week away, but on the front end, play it right. after the end of the regular season, uh, and back everybody up a week and ta- do away with the bye week between the uh, the championship games and the Super Bowl. So, and, and in another scenario, I saw with that, it's like okay, so you have the. Um, so you have you have the Bills and, and the Bills and Bengals play that the, during Wild Card Weekend, and the NFC plays with them. The AFC takes that weekend off. Mm-hmm. Then the next weekend, the NFC takes that weekend off, and the AFC Wild Card Round plays because the seating is set. And then again, you play you know then divisional championship, no bye week, Super Bowl, which would probably work. Um, but that's not what they're going to do. There are these now hype like. It's, it's pretty complicated, mm-hmm. but there is a very good chance that there will be a neutral site AFC championship game, which 
it, it, like when it was explained, it's like really confusing. Um, but it just, you know, it regards Buffalo and Kansas City because if the two of them, if, you know, Buffalo, if Kansas City, uh, if Buffalo has a chance to pass Kansas City, they haven't played the same amount of games for like the one seed, then that game would be played on a, on a neutral site. So it's like, it, it, it is, uh, it's super good. Super confusing. The AFC Championship game will be played on a neutral side if the participating teams played in an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game uh, had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. The circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed below. So if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie this weekend, Buffalo's playing the Patriots. Kansas City will be playing right here on Joe against the Raiders. Um... A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game, uh, based on the Week 18 scenarios, or yeah. Week it's Week Nine, no Week 18. Uh, Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario two: Buffalo and Kansas City would both lose, and Baltimore, who's I think a 10-point underdog against Cincinnati in their Week 18 game, wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Because the Bengals would not have a chance at the one seed. So it would be only Buffalo uh, and Kansas City affected by that. Scenario three, Buffalo and Kansas City lose and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. And the neutral site is up to the discretion of the league office. I believe Goodell would choose where it is. Is there a, is there a scenario that makes that easier? If they just win, then we only have to worry about this. Or uh, if Buffalo, is it complicated no matter who wins? If Buffalo loses and Kansas City wins. Okay. Because then... Kansas City if, should beat the Raiders. If Buffalo loses, I believe if Buffalo loses and Kansas City wins, then Kansas City would be the slam dunk number one seed. Okay. And then we wouldn't need any of this. Bottom line is... Right. We've got the Raiders tomorrow. Correct. With some importance. The Chiefs yeah. are playing for something. Yeah, so that's right. It'll be interesting. One final time this uh, this season. And then uh, I was looking at the schedule, and, and you're right. The the Seahawks just got hosed. And they did. And it, Detroit, Green Bay at 5 o'clock, the last game of the regular season on, on national TV, and that's what they chose. And it's not even that, because they put Baltimore and Cincinnati in the early window... I think uh, if the Ravens, I think it's if the Ravens lose, there's the, the scenario where the Chargers clinch the five seed. Yeah. The Chargers play the Broncos in the final game of their season, but they play in the afternoon. So if that scenario happens where the Chargers clinch the five seed because of the earlier game scenario, the Chargers have nothing to play for. And the Seahawks, of course, own the Broncos first round pick this year. And it's currently the number three pick. But the Broncos are probably going to play all their starters in Week 18. Meanwhile, the Chargers, who have clinched the five seed, won't have to. So they will sit all of their veteran guys and give the Broncos, like, essentially a preseason roster to play against in Week 18, and it would hurt the Seahawks in terms of draft position as well. So it's not a big fan of how they schedule this Week 18 schedule. I mean, it, like... This is the kind of thing they're like, okay, well, we're not going to schedule games until the final week. Uh for, to make sure these scenarios are all played at the same time. And then they literally go against their word doing that. I think they just want Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I think they just want to, I think they can just come out and say, yeah, I think we want Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Let's put Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. 
Oh, boy. Um, I don't know who this is. Writes in, anything new on the 2023 Pac-12 conference schedule? No, nothing new yet. We did just talk about it yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. It's made by the conference. Somebody, however, was it Susie? Somebody wrote in to ask, and we didn't get to it. Who makes those decisions? It, well, it's someone within the conference. There's actually, mm-hmm. I don't know, Merton Hanks, he's in charge of... I'm not sure, but there is a position that's in charge of putting the schedule together and, and putting the, the ticket into the computer mm-hmm. <coughs> for it to spit out. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know that there's any... The question was, who does it? And are there any? is there any consultation with coaches and or athletic directors? I don't think uh, so. Probably not. I think the conference makes it I know that. And they just say, here you go. <laughs> this is what it is. Because if they asked, you know, athletic directors and coaches, Chip right. Kelly would say, yeah, we don't want to play north of California no. in the month of November. No, it's 100% the conference, and, and you get it when you get it. Now, I haven't watched like the last five years or any string of years to know when that schedule comes out. But Dave said yesterday he thought it was December that no, the, that the schedule be, had come I out. I thought it would be in the spring. That's what I thought, too. They, they, don't, they wouldn't release next year's schedule in season. They have all the matchups already set because but the matchups are all predetermined. Right. It's just date and time. Right. And TV, which a lot of times you don't even get the times until in the middle of the season. Right. There's so like it a, would just be date. There's a lot of mapping that goes on. I mean, we're dealing with, you know, three different networks. Yeah. They need to manage, you know, <clears throat> yeah, that's six, why they four months that. of four months of programming. That's why say, they wait when for, when do things for times. fit? It's TV windows, but you know, like you say, predetermined matchups. But um, no, haven't seen anything from the conference yet on next year's schedule, and I haven't paid attention to it over the years because it's it's already set. I don't care. It just it happens I do when care it happens about non-conference. And years ahead, and who's coming down the yeah. line? Uh, absolutely. I we will know by kickoff teams. of the 2023 season what the schedule is. <laughs> well, and that's what matters. I mean, I do want to, like everybody else, earlier than that. I, I am. You, you want to at least be able to make plans. It's right. for making plans, and are you going to go to this road game, and you want to get your plane tickets, right. all that. There's a lot of that that goes on. It'll be out in the spring. And, uh, yeah, probably. Okay, um... I want to play a little bit of Scott Ruick. We okay. don't have time to play it all because it was 34 minutes. But earlier this week, you, we heard from Scott Ruick on women's basketball, Tanya Chaplin on gymnastics, which uh, starts tonight down in Vegas, and uh, Chris Pendleton for wrestling. Big showdown this weekend against Oklahoma State. So we'll uh, try and get in a little bit of uh, each of their conversations with the media of which we weren't able to be there on Wednesday. So we just are uh, taking this off of the, the Beaver site where you can find it. Is it on the Beaver site that you found this, or did you go No, it was on the Beaver YouTube page. Beaver YouTube page. You can get all this and watch the coaches talk and everything. But here's just a little bit from, the, from Coach uh, Scott Rook about this upcoming weekend and other things involving women's basketball. Scott Ruick, we uh, need to take a break. All right, um, coming up next hour again at 12.05, Davis Potter from the Clemson Re- Insider, mm-hmm. theclemsoninsider.com, and, uh, and then Mike Parker. And we'll also hear from, did you get Tanya or just Chris Pendleton? Just Pendleton. We'll hear from Chris Pendleton coming up. Tanya and uh, the gymnastics team is in Vegas at the Orleans and taking on uh, 14th-ranked Stanford, Beavers. I'll have to look at it in my script. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we come back here to wrap up this hour on 1240 Joe Radio. 
Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to LynnBentonTractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine, TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! TJ, just a couple of minutes left here in this hour of the uh, the program. We might have room to talk about it next hour. But the NCAA Division One Transformation Committee concluded its work with a 22-page report released Tuesday recommending a variety of changes to the top level of college sports, but only one likely to catch the attention of the average fan, and that is the committee is recommending allowing 25% of teams in sports sponsored by at least 200 schools to compete in championship events opening the door to possible expansion of the March Madness basketball tournament from 68 teams to as many as 90 teams each. Yeah. There's, there's always been an argument. It's, a, it's a, been a quiet one. But nonetheless, it's been for a long time people have talked about, what about just letting everybody in? I am not for that. I'm not because it, it, no. it renders the regular season of what you're fighting for. Just no point. Why don't you just start the season with the tournament then? Just start with the tournament. Uh, and then others will make an argument against that. That's what we do on talk radio. 90 just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe for other sports, but in terms of like the basketball tournament, does anyone think they need more teams in that tournament? I don't think so. It's the, you got to think about the pros and the I mean, cons. Television would love it. I know that. Exactly. All right. We are going to take a quick break here at 12.05. Davis Potter to talk about the new Clemson quarterback coming to Oregon State. Microphone. This, thing on. this is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on it. Five. And QID. 1240. 
Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Beer drinkers and brewers are starting to feel the pinch of inflation. The Wall Street Journal says that U.S. beer sales held up well for most of last year despite rising prices for groceries and many other items. But after price hikes took effect across the beer industry in October, demand fell over the final quarter of the year as consumers suffered a bit of sticker shock. Plus, beer imports to the U.S. dropped by more than 10% in November from a year earlier. U.S. stocks are broadly and sharply higher today. The S&P 500 up 88 points. The Dow Industrial soaring 700. And the Nasdaq Composite is up 265. Not only is Taylor Swift a multimillionaire, the artist's cat is too. According to a report from All About Cats, Swift's favorite feline named Olivia Benson is worth $97 million thanks to her commercial work for brands such as Diet Coke, AT&T, and DirecTV. Olivia actually comes in third on the pet list behind German Shepherd Guttner, who's worth $500 million, and Nalakat, worth $100 million. That's your money now. Attention all business owners who rent or lease space, including storage space. Stop wasting your money paying someone else for your space. You can now save a ton of money and own your own building with the incredible sale prices from General Steel. That's right. Start saving money every month on renting space from others. Just call 866-95-STEEL to see how General Steel can help you save money. Our 50-year structural warranty buildings are custom designed for your needs and save you a ton of money. Call 866-95-STEEL. Take it from a successful entrepreneur. If you need to expand or start a new business, you need General Steel. Great team and the competitive pricing is the reason I went with General Steel. Call 866-95-STEEL now and you can get any of our popular quick construction structures, including a 40 by 60 foot building or a 50 by 100 clear span building fast and easy. Call 866-95-STEEL. That's 866-957-8335. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, a golf guru, with another golf minute to help clean up your act when chipping. One very common problem with amateur golfers when chipping is trying to lift the ball into the air, resulting in blading it over the green. Solid chips are the result of hitting down into the back of the ball, not trying to lift it up. Here's a drill that will help you hit solid chips every time. Balance a club on top of a water bottle, then place the ball about a foot behind the middle of the grip. Then go ahead and make a chip shot without knocking the club off the water bottle. You'll find that you need to descend into the ball and keep your club head low to the ground after impact. If you try and scoop the ball and allow the club to pass your hands, you'll quickly find out that you'll send both the club and the bottle flying into the air. So remember, to hit solid chips, use this simple little drill to hit perfect shots every time. 
For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. For everything your business needs to make this year your year, Staples has you covered. I need to organize all my papers and files from last year and the year before that. Staples has you covered. I need to clear clutter from my office and my home office and my home. Staples has you covered with everything you need to get organized this year at amazing savings. Right now at Staples, get up to 50% off select file folders, file cabinets, file boxes, and storage bins. Make this year your year at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 128 in store only. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about that sound? You're listening to a set of GE appliances, complete with all you need to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and everything else stress-free. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off select GE appliances right now. Offer valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. U.S. only. See store online for details. Time to enter the Magic Kingdom. Denise, would you kindly clear the wheels? Okay, here we go. On three. One, two. Tweets and texts, faces and books. Tweets and texts and faces and books. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. In such an age as this, is there any room left for something as simple as radio? We believe there is. Touchdown, Beaver! He's got a chance to go! Joe Beaver Show is on the air with Mike Parker and John Warren, two men on a mission to prove that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. So gather the whole family. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you don't have one, fret not. I'll have the management send you up a radio. Be a part of the triumphant return of amplitude modulation. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the beavers. Cool, cool. Twelve forty, Joe Radio. All right, welcome in, welcome in. We continue here with the Joe Beaver Show, hour number two. With Mike Parker on the road with basketball, last night's game, tomorrow night's game in between. They are traveling, but we will get Mike on sometime after the 1230 mark. And we open up hour number two with a, a gentleman who's joining us. And I'm, I'm real glad we were able to find him because, you know, you get big names making decisions. And anytime, uh, I mean, it was real exciting news when we heard of the, uh, the transfer portal possibility. And it's not official yet, but it will be next week when he goes to class. And that is the addition of... Of DJ Ui uh, Ungalalela. I, 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 I butchered it again. Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. You, you just add, you added an extra syllable. Yeah, I know what I you did. You got it. I know you what I did. You got it. So let's bring in uh, Davis Potter from the ClemsonInsider.com. Did people finally get that in Clemson, or, or was that a tough one for everybody, Davis? Um. Well, I think it was, you know, he was the guy that, that had, had been there started the last two years, and I think there was just there was so much hope that that DJ would would sort of turn into the, the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be. Because I mean, for people on your that listen to your show that may not know, um, you know, DJ was sort of this the next in what has been this line, or was perceived to be next, and what's been this line of, of blue chip quarterbacks that Dabo Sweeney has been signing at Clemson for the last six, eight. 
10 years. You know, you think about Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, even going back, even for to, to a guy like Taj Boyd. You know, he, he was he was a five star quarterback. You know, one of the top recruits in the country coming out of out of California um, in the 2020 class, and um, you know he, he just never lived up to that hype. So there, I think there was always that hope that you know we, we hopefully he can become what we all want him to be. And you know, speaking if, if you know in terms of, of a Clemson and a Clemson fan perspective of a Clemson fan, I should say. But I, but I think that the fact that he actually transferred. Um, didn't surprise anybody, particularly when he when he finally lost the job to Ked Klubnik um, in the ACC championship game. Um, obviously, he you know he, he entered the transfer portal um, uh, you know two days later um, after that game. I guess the first day that the the winter portal actually opened, so he didn't play in the bowl game. And um, so I think the writing on the wall, or the writing at that point, was sort of on the wall. Mm-hmm. So not really a shock, I think, to. The Clemson fans um, and people he- around here and around the program um, that have sort of followed what's gone on with him the last two years, but I think there is, you know, sort of that sort of a disappointment that they they never really saw him, you know, bloom into the quarterback that 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 a lot of people thought he, he might be one day. Sure, sure. Davis Potter joining us from theclemsoninsider.com. I don't know how much you know about Oregon State situation. It's the other side of the country and uh, you know, a mid team from a, from a, still from a power 5, but this year's team was a quarterback away from or a big time quarterback away from uh, even bigger things perhaps than 10 wins, but this was a great year for Oregon State and Beaver fan is very excited about bringing in DJ. The question is, do you think he, I mean, is a struggling DJ at Clemson, someone who the way he's playing right now can do nothing but add to a team like an Oregon state and a pro set offense. Yeah. You know, that's a very interesting question um, because you, you just don't know what, version of DJ Uyunglele you're going to get out at Oregon State. And really, it was that way for two years at Clemson because, you know, he really struggled through the 2021 season, um, and they sort of had to stick with him last year just because they didn't have a blue-chip quarterback waiting in the wings a season ago the way they did this fall with Kate Klubnick after they signed him. Um, and, and, you know, he sort of enrolled back in January and, and, and went – um, you know, through spring practice and was was here basically the whole year. So it was sort of that situation where, you know, as soon as DJ, you know, started to falter this season, if it happened, you know, they sort of had, had him that they could turn to. You know, they didn't really have that last year. So it sort of, you know, sort of dealt with it last year and, and got through the season. And then all of a sudden, you know, the first five or six games this year, he started to look more like, um, you know, that, that quarterback that, 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 played so well at Notre Dame his freshman year when he had to step in and make a spot start for, for Trevor Lawrence. Um, sort of, you know, that, that was sort of his coming out party nationally was that uh, start he made on the road at Notre Dame as a true freshman. And, you know, he had that big game at Wake Forest um, this season, uh, back at the end of September, uh, through five touchdown passes. It really was the reason they won that game because the, the, the defense gave up 45 points. And it was a real struggle on that side of the ball for Clemson that day. Um, and, and you started to think, okay, maybe he's turning a corner here. And then, you know, you get into the back half of the season and, and he, 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 he sort of reverted to the 2021 version of, of DJ where he, he was turnover prone, just didn't look very confident, was, 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 was late in making some of his decisions. Um, you know, so you just, the, you know, what, what version of that shows up in Corvallis next season? That, that's, that's the million-dollar question because, yeah. you know, physically he, he's a guy that, that looks like an NFL quarterback and has every – 
physical trait that you would want in a quarterback at the next level if, if you're drafting one just on his physical ability. I mean, he's six foot four, every bit of 230, 235 pounds. He's got a rocket arm, can make every throw. Um, but you, you just don't know um, if, how that's going to translate. And I think a lot of it, too, is mental. Um, you know, I think he, there were times, the way the 2021 season went, because you got to remember, I mentioned some of the accolades coming out of, out of high school for him, uh, coming to Clemson, but then what he did, you know, in those couple spot starts that, that he had as a freshman in 2020, that sort of led into a lot of Heisman buzz going into the 2021 season. I mean, he, he was he was the national spokesperson, I think, for Dr. Pepper as far as their NIL, you know NIL deal and mm-hmm. commercials and things like that. And then the Georgia that Georgia opener <laughs> hit, and I, you know, little did anyone know that Georgia had a special team. You know, that year that went on to obviously won the national championship and have had one of the best defenses in college football history, but. You know, that game, he comes out. They don't score an offensive touchdown. He gets sacked seven times. Mm. And the difference in that game was actually a pick six that he threw. Um, that, that ended up being, being the difference in the game. So, I think from that point forward, he sort of lost his confidence. And, and, and I don't. sometimes he struggled to get out of his own head, I think. Um, and, and I think that's something that, obviously, the way this season ended with him losing the job and transferring, you just have to wonder where he is. Um, mentally, but but I do think that that could end up being a good a good spot. When I heard he was going to Oregon State, um, you know he's going back closer to home, obviously, and and more of a low profile Power Five job. And I, I honestly thought he might even look at maybe going to a Group of Five school, just where, where he can sort of lay low and there's not nearly as much pressure as there is when you walk in. You know, immediately you're succeeding Trevor Lawrence at a top five, top ten program nationally, like the way Clemson is. Um, he's wondering if he might be able to to take a step back and, 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 and not just have just be under so much pressure, so much scrutiny to, to, to perform um, or to go, go out there and be an All-American, so to speak. Davis Potter joining us here on the program. Davis, this is TJ here with John. Do you think maybe the expectations for DJ were set too high based off of those 2020 performances, or do you think it was just warranted and he didn't handle it well because he was such a highly rated recruit? Yeah, I think it could be a combination of both. I certainly think the expectation might have been too high because as soon as he went and did what he did at Notre Dame, um, you know, you know, going his first career road start, um, you know, against a, a top five team, I think it was at Notre Dame that that year, um, you know, going and just lighting them up. I think they threw for four hundred yards or, or close to that, a couple touchdowns, and you know, they didn't win that game, but he was a big reason why they took Notre Dame to double overtime and. Uh, and a loss. Um, so I think the expectation was, okay, you know, we, and particularly from from the perspective of Clemson fans, you get you get you, they've been so used to having elite quarterback play. When you talk about Deshaun Watson, followed up a, a year or two later with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, those are two first round picks that they had basically in a in a five six year span. And all of a sudden, you think, okay, well, this guy has he's going to go out there and do this every game. And I think that you know, fans have sort of been been spoiled here by, by the play that they've gotten at that position, like I mentioned, over the last six, eight, ten years. It's been at such a high level, and now you expect this guy, you know, based on one or two starts, hey, this is, our, this, again, this is, the, I think the thought was this is sort of the next guy in, in this line of, of top-tier blue-chip quarterbacks that we've had come through here. And he's, I think they might have been taking for granted that this is just what he's going to go out and do every game. And, look, obviously we know that 
for the most part, college football doesn't doesn't work that way. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, those those guys are, are exceptions to the rule, uh, particularly when they can come in and sort of win the starting job as a true freshman the, the way those two guys did. Um, so I, I think some of it was a little bit too high expectation. Um, but then, you know, I mean, obviously when, when you're – when you are billed as that kind of talent coming out of high school, um, you know there is a certain expectation uh, that, that you're going to perform um, at, at least better than average. And um, you know, again, I think I think a lot of it goes back to the way that 2021 season started against Georgia. Um, and, 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 and and look, he didn't have a ton of help around him. The, the receiver play um, has dropped had dropped off. The offensive line wasn't particularly good that season. Um, and, so, and I think he, he sort of felt that. So I think he felt like he didn't have a whole lot of help. And I think that's where the, the, sort of the confidence weaned a little bit um, in, in terms of, you know, his play um, and just, you know, think what, what I think he thought he was able to do just given the, the pieces that were around him. Um, and, and But, you know, he, he, had, he had to play better. And, and really that's, that's something Dabo Sweeney and even, and even DJ talked about for much of the last, you know, year and a half, two years was, yeah, you know, yeah, Clemson's got to be better around him, but DJ has to do his part too. And you know, again, it was just very inconsistent because you know there there were some weeks he, you know, he showed so many flashes of of why he was so highly touted coming out of high school and and why a lot of people thought he would be next in line again and be the, maybe the, the quarterback that would be three years in college and then go and be a first or second round draft pick in the NFL. Obviously, that 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 career trajectory hasn't panned out that way, so. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, the inconsistency he's had and maybe why those expectations haven't been met to this point. Davis Potter joining us. Is there any merit to the inklings coming from DJ's camp that the Clemson coaching staff, the more specifically the offensive coaching staff, didn't do him any favors? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, without talking, you know, asking DJ specifically about that or even the coaches, um, getting that detailed with it, I mean that's that's hard to say. I, I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, I, I will say that I, I do think you know they made the the, the switch, or the transition from an offensive coordinator this year because their longtime OC Tony Elliott took the head coaching job at Virginia, and then Dabo promoted Brandon Streeter, who was their quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, they promoted him to to their play caller. So, you know, he's been working with DJ uh, either as an OC or as a position coach throughout the duration of his, of his career at Clemson. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, it, so obviously there's a, there's a transition there to a first-year play caller, and I do think there were times um, maybe that, that this offense, um, you know, it, it hasn't been innovative enough and maybe, you know, adapted to the time, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of things that they've been running that, that have worked for years and years. And, and you wonder maybe if it's time for just a reset on some of that stuff. But um, at the same time, you know, again, there, there were plays that, that were open and plays there to be made, by, whether it be, you know, DJ or anybody else in, in this offense, um, that sometimes just weren't made. And, and you know, so, again, I, I think you can, you can probably make arguments on both sides, but it's probably a little bit of both in, in terms of, uh, you know, why the – why the offense, particularly some of the quarterback plays, has struggled over the last year or two. Davis, what about his teammates? Were they upset when he wasn't starting? Were they uh, behind him? How did that play out? Yeah, I mean, you, you would, I mean, if you called any of Clemson's coaches or, or, or players that are still there right now and asked them about DJ, you would be hard-pressed to find someone 
that would say anything bad about DJ. That, that, that's one thing I think that's, that's pretty important in this whole discussion here is, you know, personally, from a personal standpoint, I don't know, and I'm speaking more from my perspective as a, as a journalist and someone in the media who's, who's cover, been covering, you know, college football and college athletics for more than a decade now. I don't, I don't know that, that, I've, that I've covered many people Athletes are just better people than DJ. Um, you know, again, because there's been so much noise um, and so much discussion about DJ, and you know, you know, when is he when's he going to lose this job to Cade Klubnik? I mean, that, that's I mean, that question's really been hovering over DJ and really this that that program since Cade Klubnik arrived on campus a, a year ago. Um, and so, you know, whether and even when he had bad performances. Um, you know, he always showed up to talk to us post game. He almost always, you know, made his his scheduled media appearance during the midweek um, when we talked to him. And he never he never really shied away from questions, and most of which were tough, and most of were were more negative, I would say, than positive, just because of, you know because of the nature of the way the offense was performing and the way he was performing. And you know, he, he never he never really shied away from. Um, some some of the criticism and and some of the tough questions that he was asked, and he never really pointed the finger at anybody else. He all, you know, even when he would be asked about the help he had around him, he would always, you know, point the finger finger back inward and say, you know, I've got to be better and I've I've got I've got to do a better job. So th- I think that that tells you gives you a little bit of insight into the, the kind of person um, that he is. And you know, I, I mean, I, I I didn't I never talked to one other Clemson player. Um, and particularly offensive player that that ever said anything bad about the guy. I mean, they, yeah. they talked about how fierce of a competitor he was and how good of a leader he was. Even again, even when when there, were, there was so much noise around him and so much negativity um, outside the program about about the position and about the way he was performing, um, you know, he, he sort of took the high road with everything. So yeah. All right. Well, last thing, last thing with Davis Potter from theclemsoninsider.com. If you had to make a prediction on how things will go for him here in Corvallis, it, with as little or as as much information as you have, I mean, what are your final thoughts on on uh, DJ coming out here? <laughs> That's that, that is a great question. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this: I think DJ will be highly motivated. I, I do think he knows this, this is his last shot. You know, I mean, he's got I think he's got one, maybe two years. Uh, no, he's got two years of eligibility left, but he's also a guy that, that still has NFL aspirations. So I would think, you know, if he could go out there and have have one good year uh, and sort of, you know, uh, raise his stock, um, so to speak, and, and put himself back on the map nationally, I, I think he's a he's a guy that would probably, you know, be there for one year and the, and then leave. Um, you know, again, if he can have that sort of year. So I think he's going to come out there highly motivated. I think he's going to work as hard as anybody probably in that program because you know i mean as much as he sort of was you know didn't want to ever pass blame or something that you know he heard the noise he heard the criticism mm-hmm. i mean there's no way um you know somebody in this era of you know internet social media and on all that stuff there's no way that that you can can completely block that stuff out so you know i think he's going to come out i think he's going to go out to oregon state hungry um and and eager to to sort of remake his name and, and, and remake his image and, and show that, that he can be a, a uh, you know, a top prospect for, for the next level. So now, how is that going to go? Is it going <laughs> to have this storybook ending? That, I mean, that, that's impossible to say just because it, his career has been so inconsistent. I, I do think it's going to help that, 
that you're you know you're not walking into another pressure cooker program, so to speak. I know right. you talked about the, the year Oregon State had this year, and, and maybe they're a team on the rise, but you don't you don't go to Oregon State and, and the expectations immediately like, okay, we expect to win the Pac-12 next year, and you're the guy that's going to take us there. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. it's, there's just a different set of expectations. So I do I do think the fact that that he's going to that sort of program, um, more of a, of a middle tier. Um, Power Five program, I think that will help. But ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter if you're at Clemson or Oregon State or wherever. I mean, ultimately, you have to perform, okay. and it's just so hard to say, you know, which which version of DJ is is going to show up at Oregon State because there were, you know, it was just it was so many different versions that 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 was here at Clemson. Um, so you just don't know. And and again, I go back to the the mental side of this. You know, just where is he mentally, and can he put you know, the last three years of Clemson behind him and the mistakes behind him and, and sort of wipe the, the slate clean himself. I mean, it's easy for people out, you know, on the outside and say, look, it's a fresh start and all this stuff. But, you know, he, he's the guy that sort of has, has gone through this the last three years and, and, you know, has experienced this. And, you know, can he really put that behind him and, and start fresh at, at a place like Oregon State? I and mean, time will tell. Thank you so much for your insight and your generous amount of time. Uh, Davis Potter from TheClemsonInsider.com. Really appreciate it. Thank thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right. There you go. Really good stuff from Davis Potter. Uh, thorough, long answers, but thorough, and uh, that's the what easiest we're type with. of interview. The only question I didn't get to, and I I just didn't. We don't have time, and uh, was if the dad was ever an issue. Mm-hmm. If uh, the helicopter dad syndrome was ever an issue at Clemson, but outside of that, no, I think we got it covered. So, what say you, Beaver Nation? What did you think about all that? Sounds like I don't know. Uh, what do you think about it? Five four one four nine seven five three five six. Sounds like a a different voice in his head in the coaching room might help. And it again, yeah. I fresh he, they they mentioned the the mental stuff. With all the expectations on him, that couldn't have helped. I mean, you screw up once, and you're yeah. like, uh-oh. Yeah. And then the snowball keeps going. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And, it, and especially this year, the fact that he has he has a five-star sitting behind him on the bench. And when you can go out there on the internet read, okay, when is Cade Klubnick going to start? I know, but, but when, look at this, though. I mean, for Oregon State standards, I mean, not not bad numbers. Um. Only seven interceptions to 22 touchdowns this year. How many yards did he throw for? 2,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, and he ran for 545 yards. Right. No, not not bad on the on the peripherals, but just can you think of like you're the starting quarterback, but every time you open your phone, it's oh yeah, when's Cade starting? Yeah, because of what no matter was, how what you play, quarterback there before him, just because you know he's a former five star, but he had a bad season. And then all of a sudden, oh, they recruited another five-star. Right. So it's like, okay, well, this guy has to be better then. I think it's a fresh start for him, and it, that can only uh, benefit Oregon State. And he mentioned the fact that he thought he might go to a group of five, too. like So that would have made yeah. more sense with Hawaii uh, and such like that. So it would have been right. interesting in terms of a fresh start. 497-5356. Take your phone calls next here on 1240 Joe Radio. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. 
success. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors. Voted by readers of the newspaper as the best roofer in the Valley for 21 and 2022 Stutzman and Krupp. They employ a large team of roofers, so they get in and get it done, often in just one day. Ask about their special winter rates. Estimates are free and there's financing available too. Give them a call or stop by their showroom on Rye Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors. They do it right. CCB number 96728. A lot of land comes with a lot of work, and the new Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer, including the versatility to mow, move bales of hay, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. The new Kubota MX Series is rated number one in durability and owner experience. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. John is a landlord and has a tenant who missed a rent payment. Mary had an emergency which took up most of her paycheck and she couldn't afford her rent. John and Mary ended up in court. A month later, with another missed payment and thousands of dollars in legal fees, there was a resolution that left no one happy. Eviction doesn't need to be your first choice. Hi, this is Jared from Neighbor to Neighbor. We provide free mediation services for both landlords and tenants, which can save you time and money compared to litigation. Email me at weren2n at gmail.com. That's weren, the number two, n at gmail.com. Don't wait. Mediate. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is, no grout lines. Affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. All right, we continue here on the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, the phone number is 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone number. Same number for the University Haunted text line. I'm going to go to Dave. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. What say you? Well, it was uh, the last interview. I, uh, hey, I got some. First of all, it's not like he was kind of carrying water for homes in the still and, and maybe a little SEC. Very, you know, big time. Of, you know, you guys don't really play for the championship every every year, anyway. And uh, that kind of put me off a little bit. But even anything, you know, the thing that he said that stuck out the most is seven sacks against Georgia in his first, you know, big game opening the season last year, or whatever it was. And uh, I don't want to blame DJU for, uh, for for not performing and, and not competing. That's that's a that's a big problem. Any, any quarterback getting sacked seven times. So they, they, they had more problems out there than what what uh, maybe he was willing to address. Um, and, and hopefully we put him in a lot better position. And 
you know, I, there's not many quarterbacks who are going to come out of a seven-side game and, and feel good about where they're at. So, uh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with opinion. that. Right. No, well, I, I agree with that. Thanks for the call, Dave. By the way, uh, you know, we saw that when, against Utah. Well, it, it, no, against Utah with, with uh, Ben, he was getting sacked because he wasn't getting rid of it or wasn't nimble enough to move around. That changed immediately the following week. So it can be the quarterback. I don't know the scenario of seven sacks in that game. One thing I was kind of thinking of, I'm like, I, I honestly think at this point, I think Oregon State develops offensive linemen better than Clemson does. Uh, Clemson... Yeah. In terms of their other peers and the upper echelon of college football, I mean, they develop NFL guys around their roster except on the offensive line. Yeah, that's a good point. They, like, can you name a Clemson offensive lineman in the, the at least in the very least, the first round? No. I mean, there's just not not many. So, it, you know, it doesn't help. And he mentioned, you know, the seven sacks, you know, all the expectations coming to the season. I think they were number three when they played that game, right? And, and then yeah. the snowball effect again just keeps on going. I think Harold and Sandy would agree about uh, with Dave and, and this assessment that things change when you get a little bit better offensive line. Hi, Harold. Hi, Howdy. I was listening to Canzano last night. He had a conversation with uh, Brandon Huffman. On the on, mm-hmm. he asked him what he thought about DJ coming here, and he he made the remark last night about the offensive line that uh, Clemson has mm-hmm. or had, and uh, not very good. And and the, the guy that you just talked to from from Clemson, they're right. saying that they didn't have but very good receivers. Uh, kind of hard for a quarterback to. Uh, show up very good when you're running for your life all the time. <laughs> That's now a great com- point, yeah. He's coming out here. He's got to have a, one of the best offensive lines in the country and a uh, top-rated running game and some good receivers. So I want to see what see what he looks like with that behind him. Couldn't agree more, and we were just t- touching on that a little bit, except for the receivers, mm-hmm. so I'm glad you brought that up. And the, and the receivers, if you think about it, for when DJ probably committed to Clemson, he committed there as a junior, uh, and then when he got there as a, as in 2020, I mean, Clemson's you know caliber of receiver, I mean, they were up there with Bama in terms of developing guys for the NFL. I mean, they were getting five-star, five-star, five-star uh, there at Clemson, but it, it has kind of fallen off a little bit, and it really fell off when he got there. Yeah. So they, uh, that hadn't helped. And I think the offensive line is the biggest issue. Anything right. else, Harold? Yeah, that, that to me, that's the number one thing. I mean, that offensive line, just thinking he would have been behind it this year. Yeah. What, what we would have looked like. Yeah, and, and, and as far as his running goes, I'd like to know, is he running, is he getting 545 yards off of desperation, or, or, or is he finding the right openings and taking it at the right time and not the wrong time? That, and I imagine it's the right time, so I look forward to seeing that, too. I think it's a combination of both. Good stuff, Harold. We've got to get the, this other line. Sorry about that. Yeah, great points. And uh, I'll let you answer that. Yeah. So we'll talk to Mike here coming up. Uh, I think at, we got one more break to take. We'll we'll answer this phone call, uh, assumingly take a break, and then we will uh, we'll talk to Mike Parker down. And uh, I think he's still in the state of Utah. But yeah, again, interesting the um, the offensive line. It, it is just always something to think about because if you like the. The cal- some quarterbacks are really only as good as their offensive line is. That's yes. like people say yes. quarterback is the singular most important position on a football field. The most important position group 
is your offensive line. I could because not agree more. Your offense cannot run if you cannot block. That's right. Anything. That's right, Dave. We actually have more time, so go ahead, Dave. TJ, uh, I hope you're sitting down. John, good afternoon <laughs> to you as well. I'm seated. Um, but but uh, I really appreciated your passion and conviction regarding the distinctly bad idea of someone from Oregon State agreeing to start next year's football season on the road at a non-Power 5 school. It's even worse than you think, TJ, for this reason. just came to my cognizance. That game will be San San Jose's second game of the season. They open at the Coliseum against SC in Week 0. So not only is our first game non-Power 5 on the road, we're going up against a team that will already have gotten all the butts out by having played the previous week. So if you thought yesterday that was bad decision-making in terms of scheduling, TJ, this is over-the-top bad planning on the part of the schedule makers for Oregon State. What say you? That's good research, Dave. I did not know San Jose State was going to play another game. I had not done, I not dove that deep into it, but I appreciate you going and looking at it. Yeah, that is worse. That is way worse. <laughs> Way worse. There's just no. Not said. I've made my point. This is the kind of thing as the program matures and wants to establish credibility and you get to the next level. This is the kind of thing you have to clean up. Now, like you said, yes, this could have been scheduled ten years ago, but ten years ago, at the state of the football program, then that was a bad decision. Now, in hindsight, it looks even worse. Anyway, I'm actually in a good mood. The kid from uh, Buffalo's. getting better by the day. It's a good day in the sports world, but this is profoundly upsetting that we should find ourselves in this season. And we've got nine months yet before we have to play that game. I'm, I'm already agitated. <laughs> well, keep that going, and we'll talk to you, uh, you know, nine months from now, just before the opening of the season. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks, Dave. All right, we got a break. You can get Doc Parker on. God, that's uh, bad. Uh, yeah, that makes it even sound worse. That's, that that is that's I I just I can't I I don't <laughs> I just don't get it. We'll take a break and come back with Mike right after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. The new year means new deals. Get your Coastal January coupon book in stores now and save big. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. It's time to save with Coastal Coupons. Introducing the January Coastal Coupon Book, packed with some amazing offers, including your chance to save up to $45 on muck boots. Get organized with 27-gallon tough box storage bins, now $10 off. And get a $100 Coastal gift card with the purchase of a Honda 2200-watt generator. Limit one coupon per customer not to be combined with other offers. Get your January Coastal Coupon Book now in stores or see it on the flipback. Offers good in-store or online at CoastalCountry.com. Some items may not be available online. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. 
our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at Horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. Where in Corvallis can you watch the beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where. It's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, this is the year to get it done. For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They've got a huge variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. So Happy New Year from Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren in downtown or CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. All right, just juggling some things here in this final 19 minutes of the, uh, of the program. There are two cars in our parking lot playing around, just constantly coming in and out and, and like, dodging each other. Should we get them on the air and ask them what they're doing? Well, that would be a fun interview. I, if I didn't, wasn't sitting here, I'd go upstairs to the GM and say, we need to get, uh, Find out who these guys are because they're messing around, like crossing and doing racing we need to put, things. We need to put gates up. It's so That's weird. what we need to do. We need gates so and a key card. We can see into the parking lot here. And I'm, I just now noticed, what are these guys doing? They've been doing it for the last 20 minutes. Anyway, here comes Scott in the big uh, cricket truck. I know he'll he'll uh, go outside and say, uh, get out of here. Anyway, uh, Mike Parker, how you doing, Michael? Doing okay. I hope you keep that situation under control, guys. But if you can, Big Scotty can yes. and will. So I feel better once I heard you invoke his name. Yes, and I felt better as soon as I saw the tr- the cricket truck a cricket truck driving in. It's yes. weird. Yes. It's just like, wait, these guys are like fast and furious cars moving around and right. screwing around in right. our parking lot. Anyway. Uh, you're boarding soon, so um, just a couple of thoughts from you. Utah's not an easy place to play, and that's a good team. And Oregon State is, is just green. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, it was a tough one, John, in, the, in that the offense just, I thought, operated pretty efficiently, scoring 34 points in the first half, mm-hmm. and, and I thought closed the half well, and then hit three threes to open the second half to pull within one. But in a sense, it was fool's gold because, as Wayne Tinkle said to me in the postgame afterwards, they, 
the plan, you, you, you can be seduced by those those shots going in. And, oh, well, we're hot now from yeah. three-point range and get away from pounding it inside and working inside out and settling for threes, and the Beavers ended up missing their last 11. So from three-point range, yeah. and we're in a scoring drought, two straight games to end the game, to let games that were closer really than the final scores would indicate the games got somewhat out of hand by the final count, particularly last night. So I think going into Boulder against a team that on a certain level you hope thinks they've done their heavy lifting for the weekend by beating Oregon by 27. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. You talk about surprises in life and, and when you hear certain scores roll across. I saw that and said, what? Yeah. You know what I, because I just saw Oregon play in beating the Beavers in the rivalry game, and while I know they're not great, this year yet and may not get to yet may not be the operative word this season they have a a lot more talent than that and to score 41 in any game against anybody anywhere it was just astonishing to me so the bees will be dealing with a very hot confident colorado team that's hot i think they've won six of seven they've only lost one game at home so the tough mountain trip continues, guys. Well, and on the on the around the rest of the league, were you as surprised as I was at how close the uh, Washington at Arizona game was? Only three. In fact, you are right now telling me that I take it surprised about how close means that Arizona did win by three. Seventy I haven't to looked sixty-seven. At any scores yet? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, seventy to sixty-seven. I don't know the particulars of the game, but I just saw that and thought, "Wow, well, good for Washington." Are you saying seventy to sixty-seven was the final? That's what I'm saying. It's interesting. Okay, well, I, I, you know, I appreciate you saying it because the halftime score was forty-two forty-one. So whatever went on, you know, at the half, there must have been an emphasis by Arizona, maybe on tempo, slowing it down, mm-hmm. a more defensive-oriented game. Who knows? Washington, Washington has enough athletic ability, and their two-three zone, the, the matchup zone, can be funky and disruptive, and perhaps they were using their length and athletic ability in that first half to score 41 points. But clearly what you're telling me is it didn't quite go as well for them in Tucson in the second half. 29-25 Arizona in the second half for the ballgame. Yeah. Washington shot 43%, Arizona 36%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington, they both hit nine three-pointers. In fact, they were both 9 of 27. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona outshot them at the free-throw line 13 of 17 to 6 of 11. And mm-hmm. uh, Arizona at 21 to 13 in assists. So essentially it was fairly even in the categories, except for maybe the, the free throw shooting. And, um, and I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, Washington up by a point at halftime. And then, and a cl- so basically yeah. a close game throughout. Well, you know, I, guys, I, I car 54 the conversation with Davis Potter. I don't know. I've been busy, as I said, at the airport yeah. waiting. We'll be boarding here shortly to head to Denver. But I listened to the conversation with my, I picked it up probably midway through. Mm-hmm. The sense I got and the thing I liked best about what Davis, the Clemson insider, had to say was how well-liked DJ yes. is, was, that in this guy's 10 years of covering football he hasn't come across in a sense a better guy in terms of accountability in terms of uh, always being present and available being well liked by everybody he said you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who would have a, a negative thing to say about him i think all of those qualities that's what i out of all everything he said you can talk about 
you know, the the sense of expectation with five stars right. and the number one pro-style recruit in the country when he got there and all of the pressure upon him to live up to that billing. Uh, I thought Davis articulated all of that wealth. The thing that encouraged me the most is what he said about the inner half, the character of the kid, because yeah. that's going to serve him well. He's not going to come in with any sense of, okay, I'm here now. I'm your five-star. Yeah. Let's go. He, he is going to come in and compete, knows that he's competing with Ben Branson, knows that the job isn't, you know, I mean, I know he's coming here expecting and right. will most almost certainly be the starting quarterback, but he's not going to be a guy that, will walk in with any sense of entitlement or attitude. He's going to come in and work and be the type of fit that Jonathan and Coach Lindgren have, have I think, done a tremendous job of identifying for the program. So you combine that attitude, the willingness to work, the willingness uh, you know, to be accountable and to take responsibility, not point fingers, with immense talent, which I'm sure Davis, I hope, early in the conversation said, hey, the arm strength, the running ability, all of those things are real. Those are tangible. I think under the tutelage of Jonathan and Brian Lindgren, he is going to flourish in, in, at Oregon State. When you get to Coors Event Center, just walk the stairs. You're at elevation, and those are a lot of stairs, and you you know, you know, got the hip and, and all that. So walk the stairs. Hmm. I appreciate your uh, your thoughtful response to my meditation on DJ Uyunglele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go through this whole thing about what a great no, character no. kid, the no. arm strength, the running ability, and the next thing I hear is walk stairs and bowling. No, no. So the two do fit. It's not. It's not. It's not a non sequitur. I appreciate it. It was that, a rough. I, I get it. It was a rough transition. It's just that I was looking at the <laughs> clock, thinking, uh, "Let's transition." You wanted to make sure. You wanted to make sure you yeah. didn't forget to yeah. tell me that. And you're right. I probably won't. The last time I ran stairs was at USC when I began in a walk, you know, a little bit like when I would go to my sister's horse shows back in the day in Hacienda Heights, California, and I would hear the announcer say, at the walk, at the walk, and at the lope, at the canter, you know, at the trot or whatever it is, and my sister would engage in all of those activities, and I can, all I hear in my head now is at the walk, but I might occasionally move into a lope or a canter if I can get that hip loosened up enough to do so, but I'll have your words at the walk in my mind when we get there today. I want to leave you with one thing, and I know you heard part of Sydney Weiss, and, and you don't have a lot of time, but I just want, I, I was struck by one thing that she said that had to have come from a coach. Maybe not, but I am going to go the rest of life with it to talk to the youngsters like a TJ or my, <laughs> my, my kids. She said, and TJ helped me with this one, something to the effect of there are, it was on the response about LO, uh, the uh, NIL and, and portal and stuff, and she hates it and, and all that. I understand. <laughs> she said there's, there's something to be said about Is it the- uh, being uncomfortable versus unhealthy. Right. And, and I love that. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. uncomfortable, work through that. If it's unhealthy, then go. And right. I, right. I just love that. That's a strong distinction. And, you know, in the world of the portal, which she said she, you know, you said she hates it. And I think there's aspects that all of us, you know, really don't care much for. Right. On the other hand, on the other hand, we are excited about a young man, right. DJ Oyungalale, and Wyoming's DN coming in today. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I haven't learned, haven't even looked at how to pronounce Olawasei Omotosho from uh, his parents of Nigerian heritage. So I'm looking at his name, and I believe it'll probably be. 
Oluwe CEO Motosho, but I've got to work on it, obviously, between now and the start of uh, fall camp or even spring ball. I'm not sure what his plans are, but a defensive end out of Wyoming joining Gavin Stark, the offensive tackle from Nevada, and DJ. And the portal, again, used shrewdly, wisely. I'm not sure what kind of situations those guys are leaving, but in the case of both uh, Omotosho and Gavin, it's an upgrade in terms of conference. No disrespect to the Mountain West and mm-hmm. San Jose State and how tough life will be and all of that. I get it. I get it. It's tough. Fresno State, that was an easy one for the Beavers this past year, as we well remember. So, you know, the no disrespect to that league, but they are taking a step up. So I don't know if unhealthy or uncomfortable necessarily plays in that when, as a competitive athlete, you're looking to, to test yourself at the highest possible level. So in the case of those two guys, they are stepping up. And in the case of DJ, he's getting a fresh start, which I think is going to serve him well. So I like the transfer portal story in many cases, guys, if you know what I mean. You just scooped us. I'm scrambling looking on Twitter. I don't see so any of I, that. So I... I, I, I... Um, I did see Jonathan tweet earlier. He, you know, he usually does his damn right tweets when they get when they get a commitment. I saw that one, but I didn't see the name until Mike just mentioned it. Now okay. I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Good, so. good, good stuff, I know, Doc. I know. I gave it a try, and I'm sure I stumbled badly over it. But the point, I mean, Nick Dashiell's already written an article about it on Oregon Live, and there's some other information coming out. But I just, you know, to get. To, to get that kind of upgrade on the defensive front, I think, serves the Beavers extremely well. I'm just you know, really excited about what's ahead for Beaver football. And, and while Davis Potter was right, he was right about DJs walking into a scenario in a community and all of that, where the expectations are much different than they would be walking into a national championship program at Clemson. On the other hand, in our own world, guys, I'm sensing building expectations almost to an unprecedented level here about what's coming in the fall, if you know what I mean. I, uh, Wilner writing about the Beavers being a dark horse for the CFP in 2023, yeah. sort of, and he suggests if they get the quarterback play they need. So it's not as though he's walking completely out of a tough situation into a place where, oh, he can just kick back and nobody expects. I think Beaver Nation's going to expect some pretty big things out of him. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Mike, uh, go catch the plane. Okay. We'll hear from you tomorrow night. At the walk. Okay, thanks, the John. Walk. All Bye. right, see you, Mike Parker. Uh, Carter Baines tweeted this, and this was 19 hours ago. I'm just scrambling to find that other thing. Mm-hmm. I had heard, I had already heard about J.T. Byrne, uh, backup tight end, who's decided to enter into the transfer portal, but he's going to go to Cal. He's yep. staying in the conference. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, can, I, can we go back to that comment that Mike made about the expectations? Because this, is, I think I was sure. going to say this, and it, and it kind of slipped my mind, about him sort of going somewhere with less pressure. Mm-hmm. Do we necessarily think the pressure is going to be less here? Well, it won't be. It won't be. You have to I win a national what, championship. I don't know what the media size market is, but as far as how many cameras and how many questions are peppering you, and and the expectation, you know, at a big school like Clemson, having won a national championship and been in it mm-hmm. several years in a row, I that's a higher higher level. I right. know that here in our small burg, the expectation is going to be really high, but I don't think there's going to be that pressure. Hmm. I. I, I I feel like once the season, once we get near to August, it's going to feel like a pressure cooker every week, I think. That's what I think. Because the expectation this year for Oregon State football is going to win is to be to win every game. 
Right. You look at that schedule, is there a game that you're like, okay, they shouldn't win that game? No. Every single game you should win. And that's no, the same. it'll be the same thing like it was at Clemson, where you should be winning every no, game. That's true. Then get the job done. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's, you know, a different kind of pressure, yes. Yeah. A different market, a different area, closer to home. But I don't necessarily think there will be less pressure on him here. Yeah. Again, no, they, uh, the, I think it's a different kind of pressure. I think it's a different kind, but no, there will be expectation no matter who the quarterback. Every is. single game next year, you expect the Beavers to win it because I, that's I, I that's where that the program is. Yeah, honestly, I felt that way this year going into it. But at least this year, you're gonna you look you watch the quarterback play at times. You're like, if they had a quarterback, I'm talking pressure. Look after a, a loss or a win or whatever in the mm-hmm. in the post game, and you've got twenty cameras instead of. Seven or eight, right? And that's Clemson versus Corvallis, right? That's that's going to be part of it all. That's mm-hmm. not all of it, but that's part of it. But you're not wrong. I, I, right. I, you're not wrong. Uh, we're down to a couple of minutes here. I love this this text on the University Honda text line because this is what I tried to say. It was either yesterday or the day before when uh, you brought up San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was and Dave was saying something. Be 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 worried or be. It, and well, I was, it's just it's unacceptable. It, I it was shouldn't, trying to make shouldn't this, happen. This point of this texter, I was trying to say this: if we're afraid to play San Jose State anytime, anywhere, we're in trouble. Right, but but I I agree that as to your station in life, right. And I got that from a, an English show I've been watching called Poldark from back in the 1700s. That's how they. You should know your station in life is what the the upper crust said to the lower person. Right. I guess they had that back then in England. Right, in, mon- in the monarchy. If you were born into a low station, you, you can't rise above it. Anyway, right. the station of any Pac-12 team should be you don't, you don't go on the road to San Jose State. Correct. But, as this texter says, and I agree, you shouldn't have to worry about that. If you think you're going to be doing special things and improving on a 10-win season... You shouldn't be worried about San Jose State. You should take care of business. But you probably shouldn't be in that game in the first place. Look at your one road out of conference game last year. Do you would you like do you want to think you can be confident you're going to beat San Jose State and say that game like they should not be playing on the road against San Jose State. Both can be true. Both can absolutely be true. Yeah. Because again, most power fives do not do that. They don't. No. So where's DJ? LA. LA. He's, He's from, from LA. LA. Uh, St. John Bosco, I think, between where he went to high school, is between like between LA and Anaheim. Okay. So, LA area. Good stuff, TJ. Um, I don't know what I did. That was good. This. So, Andy says, don't be scared of San Jose State. We'll bludgeon them with the run game. Beats by 17 plus. Um, and then another texture Texan. I assume DJ will have to earn the starting job. He and Ben will be going head to head. Yeah. Again, that the depth in the quarterback room behind DJ and Ben is nothing really. Not much there. Nothing. Nothing proven. Well, assuming the child that sits out and, and right, yeah. But Aiden, right. Aiden could be very good. And and take care of him. Take care of Aiden Childs from the get go and right. say, hey, 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 we love you, we love you. But but just hold on, hold right, on. Right, right, And I think he, I think he understands that I for the, so. to this case. But that's the biggest thing. The though. question is for Ben because you need Ben on this roster. Yeah, you do. You do because you you, you can do. never tell what's going to happen. And there's nothing proven behind DJ. No. If that would be the case, if he left, no. 
No, and I'm, I maintain you, you, you always want a star quarterback and you want a quarterback behind him that understands. Because mm-hmm. if you have two equal quarterbacks, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. And then you have a situation what Clemson had this year where as soon as a guy screws up and he starts, it's like, where's Cade? Yeah. Where's no, Cade? You don't, I, you don't want that. Anyway, um, big thanks to our guest this week. Big thanks to our guest today, Davis Potter from TheClemsonInsider.com. Uh, uh, don't forget uh, Sydney Weiss tonight on the television for the Pac-12 Network game, Oregon State and Arizona. Don't forget um, Chris Pendleton going up against his former school, Oklahoma State. It's going to be a good match. I'm, we're going to go to it. Sunday afternoon at noon at Gill Coliseum. Tomorrow night, it's a men's basketball game. We've got the Raiders tomorrow at 1 o'clock with a pregame 1.30 kickoff in an NFL game. And uh, what else is going on? Oh, gymnastics tonight, which you could probably watch online somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're in New Orleans at, no, they're in Vegas at the Orleans Hotel. We're out of time. Thanks, TJ. Great job. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk again on Monday. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.